You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, and welcome to this month's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. Uh, in this show, we are covering lens distortions, new cameras, old cameras, getting the best out of your cameras, finding out what Jason and I have been up to and why we missed last month. <laughs> Here, I have no answer to that. This anyway, and more on our RC podcast, where we uh, obviously try and mine the news, look at the tech, uh, filter the blogs, and of course, have some interesting deep and meaningful discussions that other people call rat holes. Um, this is all the camera tech that Jason and I discuss, obsess about, argue about, complain about, and uh, and basically play with. So this is the conversation we're having. We wanted you to be a part of it. And, of course, uh, joined in the Pod Central arena is my good friend, the director, Mr. Jason Wingard. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. So, Jace, we're back. I've, I've been on holidays. That's my excuse. Back in the pod. No, I don't seriously. have one. In, in June, I was away for I half of June. One. You don't have one. You've been working, um, but no, you've been too busy. I've been. That's uh, what it is. I have been. Uh, I've been hanging out in the UK and going to see Monty Python. Yes, yes. I want to know because I know you're just only back the last couple of days. I literally am still. How was it? I've seen mixed reviews. Um, I'm sure it'd be fantastic, but it's obviously mixed reviews. Yeah, not yeah. from me, my friend. No, I'm sure. Okay, I gather it was good then. Um. Look, the best way to describe it is imagine that they weren't dead and the Beatles reformed. You'd yeah. want them to play Hey Jude. Yes. Now, um, so I presume Parrot Sketch, Cheese Shop, etc., etc., etc. Yes, et yes. Basically, Spanish Inquisition and also the other thing and is. And some of the good sketches. Yeah, actually, Spanish Inquisition was really good. Wasn't a favourite of mine in the past, but seeing Michael Palin leap around the screen. And actually, as this is the RC, sympathy to the guy that was trying to do the. Um, the uh, sort of camera work on him mm. that was going to be thrown up on the giant jumbotrons because he was leaping around so much in that sketch, clearly going off script. They just couldn't Good. find him. There were like whole sections when um, he just sort of disappeared. Good that the they screens. were going off script and having fun. They were if they were having fun, I think that's probably no, the best part. So what was the... How did we sort of tackle the whole missing member thing? Uh, Graham appeared on the video screens, so they'd occasionally have him, and they had a you know tribute to him where they ceremoniously kicked his head into a black hole. But um, after that, they would have him in between skits. So, for example, when they had the um, gay parade, you know, where they have the army soldiers doing the one, two, three, it's incredibly homophobic, yes, incredibly offensive. absolutely. But it ends with Graham Chapman saying, Stop, that's enough of that, that's not very funny. Right, he came, he'd coming in the as the interrupting yeah. army. Um, but, yeah, no, it was great. And, you know, the other thing is, for me, historic. It was like seeing the yeah. guys there. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, they are getting a bit old. Sure. And the first half wasn't nearly as good as the second half. I don't know why, but uh, certainly Terry Jones... It got better rather than getting worse. It got a lot better in the second half. Yeah. Terry Jones looked a little bit like he was reading from the cue cards. Mm. But he was literally holding for the... Um, <laughs> For the chocolate shop sketch, you know, where there's like crunchy dead frog. Yes. He had literally it's holding the box to read the, yeah, read the ingredients. Lightly killed. But in the second half, it was uh, really, really good and incredibly offensive. I don't think there were many ethnic groups. Um, I think pretty much everyone got a good serve. Good. Yes. And good. Uh, lots and lots of incredibly age-inappropriate stuff. Luckily, my kids weren't there. So it was all good. Excellent. Um, yeah, really good. And also, the other thing is before I that... I think they're making a doco. Oh, they're not making a docker. They're making an entire... They're filming the last ones. Yeah. They're going to be screened simultaneously or simulcast to cinemas. So you can actually sit in a cinema and watch what's happening in the O2. Yes, I did. And then they'll make a DVD out of that. advertised here. 
Yeah. But I think they've also been, I know that they've had cameras, they've certainly been blogging and or tweeting, they've had cameras mm-hmm. following them around for the oh, whole yeah. pre-production thing, yeah. rummaging through the archives, you know, oh, they're, they're, they're going through the old garages, looking yeah. for old props and things, finding al- albatrosses in garages. And the albatross was there. Excellent. Yes. Albatross. <laughs> Stormy petrol on a stick. <laughs> um, yes, no, it was good. But anyway, nothing to do with cameras. Not but, at uh, all. It Not was at all. just a lot of fun. It was the reason I wasn't here. Plus, I was uh, in New Zealand doing stuff before that, so I really just haven't been in the country. Cool. But that's enough of me. What about you? Well, I've been sort of shooting and doing some non-shooting things and just hanging around. And so what have you been shooting with? And cleaning the pool. And, hmm? What have you been shooting with? Oh, just you know, some commercials and things. No, no, no. I mean, what cameras? Uh, okay, so, well, obviously, I want to talk about uh, F5, sort of early experiences with F5, and, and, and early stuff with the Sony A7S. So I'm very interested in the I've A7S. Gone a, I've gone a, bit, gone a bit Sony. You've gone a bit Sony? Uh, I have, uh, and liking it. It's good. So I'll, I'll start with the F5, which is the one I've probably had the most okay. time with. Uh, and look, first impressions are I really like it. It's really impressive camera. Uh, it's, I guess I can... Uh, my main comparison uh, to it, I guess, is the, is the Epic. Um, so it's it's sort of even fully kitted up. I find it. Oh, it's a slightly bigger camera, obviously, and it's got it's slightly longer. But it is. I find it really easy to get comfortable and ergonomic, and you know, to sit on the shoulder. You know, I mean, I think the Epic was fantastic. Fantastic form factor and amazing build quality and. Qu- the build quality of the camera for the money is is amazing, and there's a lot to like about it. Uh, and but you know, it was always a bit of a struggle for me, at least doing a lot of handheld stuff, to get it on the shoulder, get it comfortable, get it balanced, get it easy. I always felt like I always felt like I was fighting to get it back over my shoulder. Being such a short camera, uh, you know, it's great for that whole the theory. I suppose the original epic theory of being. DSMC being a digital stills and motion mm-hmm. picture camera, and I, you know, it was a bit of the tail wagging the dog. I don't think really the whole stills thing has no. kind of set the stills press world no. on fire. So it sort of felt, although I think that you know the way they've done it and the modular thing is is brilliant. But yeah, I always felt I, I, the flip side of that is F five. Man, I just like boom out of the box viewfinder or bang, it's on my shoulder. Balanced, beautiful, brilliant, brilliant on on so the I, shoulder instantly. I could pick up an F five in Sydney retail for around seventeen and a half right now without lenses. Yeah, I think they're certainly doing package or they were doing packages, at least here in Australia. One thing I've found, at least in Australia, the pricing's been fantastic here compared to uh overseas, compared to say B and H or whatever. You can buy a, a, I think an F five package. You know, like a battery and a charger and a card, and, yep. you know, that kind of thing, maybe for around 18 or something. Like yeah, that. that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, there's no real sort of equivalent packages for the F55. I still, for me, feel that that is a bit of an overpriced camera. I'm hoping that it will come down. Um, mm. I, I I think if you consider the fact that you can buy a... You know, the jury's kind of out because people who like one sort of thing and people... Now, the, people are in different camps there, but if you look at... Say a Scarlet, which I think buy a Scarlet shooting kit, literally like a side handle and a media a car, you know, an SSD and a, you know, just a basic viewfinder kit for a Scarlet. I, don't know, I think that's like ten grand or something. And that's shooting four K, yeah, off, you know, out of the box, raw, with a, you know, with some media and a way to read it and play it back. 
versus the F55, which is getting up into the 30K-ish thing for something shootable, which would do 4K. And you still need to add a recorder to the raw recorder to, to go raw. What, what are you shooting on in your um, in your Sony uh, F5? Like, are you shooting to a S by S? Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm, I really like the codec. I really like the XAVC. I don't have the raw recorder, and I just have the F5 for the moment, waiting to see what's happening with the uh, the price to upgrade to the F55. I really would like to go that way. The, of course, the very first shoot I did with it, you know, I thought, ah, I'll just shoot 2K. Very first shoot I did with it, and probably only about the halfway through the first day, uh, we shot a three-shot that uh, in the edit and in the final commercial is actually now a close-up. <laughs> so the agency, <laughs> the client... Uh, in their wisdom, in inverted commas, decided that they would like it to be a close-up, even though we discussed interminably that a three-shot is how we wanted to set it because we wanted to see something else in frame. There was something else very important in frame there that we needed to frame for, which then magically became not at all important. So we ended up taking a close-up, uh, a wide shot into a, cl- uh, a three-shot into a single close-up. So, and I can see it on air that it definitely is a blow-up of, of a 2K frame. And if I'd shot 4K... 4K XAVCS, the codec would have been fantastic, would have been beautiful, would have been brilliant, would have been easily, you know, not not a ton of data, and I would have, yeah, would have been able to blow it up easily. So I think part of the exercise of buying the F5 was knowing the fact that there was that upgrade path to go to the 55, and I would use that time to work out, am I missing 4K, do I really want 4K, is this something that I want to spend money on? Yeah, but so so far on the first freaking job, yeah, yeah, I'm missing 4K. If I leave that aside for a second, the 4K blow up thing, which is not insignificant. No, like no. it should have pretty good uh, latitude, right? Like, it yeah, should, it's yeah, you should be better than a standard S-Log Epic three, which I think is probably the best. Well, for like me, so stops. far I've found. Yeah, it's 14 stops. Did you did you rate it at 2000 ISO? You don't have a choice. Uh, as soon as you go to and similar with the A7S, as soon as you go to S log three. It won't let you go lower. Okay. I think it goes to it's either two thousand or twelve hundred or something like I that. Think it's it, 2000, it, yeah. it it shuts you out of any lower uh, ISOs. So I've only purely rated it at that base that base ISO. You don't even really need to change. So it. what do you think about noise on it? Uh, it's very very good. It's very good. Uh, I've haven't really done a ton of ISO tests, but I think you could easily go five ten thousand ISO, you know, usably. I've done some tests up to forty or fifty thousand. It's not not brilliant, but you can certainly do maybe maybe four or five thousand ISO, maybe 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 ten. I think five thousand's a terrific number to hit if you can hit five thousand. Because I mean, the Epic was like eight hundred. You know, for sodium vapor night work really. Because even if you're shooting something dawnish or sun coming up, uh, even like say with the A7S, which is in some modes, it's like 3,200 ISO just as the base. You're reach, reaching for NDs very quickly if you want to stay wide open. You're, mm. you're trying to ND that thing down quite quickly. So, um, Well, that's the thing yeah, about it's ISO, very nice, it? you can actually, clean. We, we, we always talk about ISO in terms of going up. You want it to be 5,000. But yeah, I've got to tell you, yeah, when I'm yeah. shooting on my um, 5D, I'm mm. finding myself you know, often running to ISO of 100 because I deliberately want to yeah. be less sensitive. Yeah, but I guess then obviously... The trick is, I suppose, that they've 
no doubt boffins have spent many an hour or know the curves and the, know that where they're setting these cameras yeah. and the ISO is probably the sweet spot. But you've got built-in. As soon as you start you? going down to 100 ISO, you are pushing it out of its dynamic range comfort zone and you're kind of shortchanging yourself the more you shift out of that zone. You, know? you have built-in Indies? Yeah, that's another yeah. thing I really like. But ergo, ergonomics is fantastic. I shot for... Uh, the other thing is the data rate because, again, half the time I'm doing my own, you know, data rating or da- or having more and more the, the whole DIT thing is becoming this, oh, we don't really need that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so one of the first people to get bumped off the crew and often it can be a bit of a danger. Like um, a couple of gig a minute, I right? shot uh, with the XABC in 2K. So I shot for two days with a dialogue spot, lots of dialogue. Close-up shots, some slow-mo, pack shots, things. You know, for two whole days, I shot 64 gig. Now, that's I'm not even... Essentially, wouldn't even be filling one card, one of my 64 gig cards, if that was, you know, if that was raw or if it was... Even if it was raw on the F5 uh, or raw on the Epic, it would be, you know, into the terabytes, okay. which is fine, but it depends on, you know, what your workflow is and what your crew numbers are. So, yeah, very, very, very minimal on the data, sipping on the data and an amazing imagery for that same for that data hit um it can go up to 120 frames have you shot 180 frames 180 is it it goes up to 180 frames and two so my camera the f5 is 2k uh maximum interesting though it's a weird i'm not gonna say it's a weird 2k but it's not it shoots 2k but it's only like the cinema 2k standard because there's 2k and then there's 2k (laughs) if you shoot 2k on a alexa it is uh, taller and wider than 1080, right? But if you shoot 2K, 2K uh, on a F5 or 55, and 2K is is whatever it is, 20, whatever is it, 2048 by 1080. So it's the same height as HD, but it's the more width. You know what I mean? So you're not really getting shoot around. If you're shooting for 1080, you're not really getting, sh- you're not getting shoot around. You know what I mean? I'm not getting any over overshoot. I'm only getting overshoot. I'm only getting the rackability left to right. So, but they can call it 2K essentially because it is 2K. That is the correct resolution for. Have you are you googling it there, Mike? What the actual resolution? What's what's the cinema the cinema 2K like? Oh, what 2K by what? By 1080. So that is no. that is that is cinema 2K. That's in like that's what a what a what a DCP. No, it's not. It's well, it's 2048 by 1556 is the traditional 2K. Is it in the back in the day? But there's 2K 2048 by 1080. It depends on your ratio. Yeah, but, but I mean, doing... but from the film days, you'd say 2K was mm. 2048 by 1556. But yes, that two... doesn't. That sounds quite. Academy. Well, it is. Yeah, it's from the old film days. Right, right, right. But if you're doing a 2K of two o four eight of by like say sixteen by nine, two K is probably exactly. Or I don't know. That's why I thought that I thought that the cl- standard two K um, projector is doing exactly this resolution. I guess what I'm saying is, ideally, Sony would be lovely if the two K was actually gave me a little bit of shoot around top and bottom and left and right, like the Alexa does. The DCI standard for a 1.8, 9 to 1 aspect ratio 
is a 2K 2048 by 1080 pixels when distributed in digital DCP format. Does that answer your question? Okay. So I'm just trying to find out what the whatever the Alexa 2K resolution is. It's not. Well, Alexa's two and a half, two point eight K or whatever it is. Yeah, but if you're shooting. Oh well, yeah, I'm talking about if you're, you're shooting, shooting raw. Two K on an Alexa. Anyway. Um. So, what are you lensing this with? Um. I've been. I think on the TVC, I was using my Canon Cine Primes, which worked beautifully on it. Fantastically gorgeous. Love them. Amazing. Uh I. Actually, I need to do a shout-out and a mention and a three cheers for uh, Dog Shit. I know I mention them almost probably every episode, but uh, Richard Gale from Dog Shit Optics. He made me three... three. I sent him three contacts lenses, or 1.4, 85 1.4, 35 and 50 1.4s. And rather than do low contrast or make them flare or anything, I just said, just give me the two times oval irises right so yeah. part of the things he does with his his flare factory lenses is one of the options is they can change the irises they can do a funky yeah, I've got funky laser cut one or yeah. you've got a two times oval no. yeah i've got the uh fixed aperture oval uh, right yep. right he's kept the original uh, apertures so i still can stop down although it doesn't you don't really want to because it starts to get really like Weird, oval yeah. but with chopped top and bottom but uh yeah wide open and it really does help to have fast lenses to do this with because it's kind of like, you know, the, the whole oval look is beautiful bokeh, so you want out-of-focus stuff to enhance that, so you want fast glass. Um, but, yeah, I just absolutely love those three lenses, and I'm going to try and shoot every single thing I can on them. It's a lovely, nice look with a nice, subtle, semi-quasi-anamorphic feel to it. Really lovely. Beautiful out-of-focus oval stuff. Post? Hmm? You got a couple of sample frames I could post? Or? I can definitely get you those. Brilliant. Yes. Hey, um, so you, I don't think did you answer so me. I love those. We got into this whole 2K rat hole, but did you answer me about shooting 180? Have you shot much like slow-mo stuff? Yeah, I've done I've done some. It And it does at 2K. It does do it. I think there is, I think there's some slight quality change. I don't, the data rate's still the same. I don't know. It, it's, it, you, there is... Or it line skips to do it or something. It's very, very subtle. It's very subtle. I've done some some very close-up, blown-up comparisons where I've gone, oh, gee, it looks slightly different. But then by the time you export it and put it in a cut and, and finish it, it I, I, I end up not seeing the difference. So it's kind of there is a difference, but there isn't. I've never seen really concrete, here you go, here is an absolute difference between 1080 uh, between shooting 180 frames and shooting 25 frames. So, uh, yeah, I've done a bit of 1080, uh, 180 frames testing. Uh, I think it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I'm 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 very very impressed. You can go to 240, of course, if you buy if you go to the extra seven or eight thousand dollar exercise of buying the raw recorder and the media for that and the reader for that media. Um, obviously, it will give you raw, which is which is immense, but also lets you shoot 240 frames a second. Again, none of this crops the sensor. There's no none of that yeah. sensor crop stuff. If you were to go to the F55, yeah, you'd be doubling the data rates. To mm. the, but what what would you? No, yeah, it's, it doesn't. I isn't it a higher data rate? I think it is. I don't think it is. I think the XAVC. I think if so you're shooting 4K? 4K versus shooting 2K, yeah. 
I think it's the same. Is it? Uh, but there, I'm, there is definitely charts out there. And okay, probably but people my point s- is, what would push you to go to the screaming. F55? Like uh, it's uh, F55 is... Yes. Well, there's... Uh, it would be... Purely would be the res- re- extra resolution for blowing things up. Right. So that's that's the, the motivation for... There is the global shutter is the difference. And I've never really seen much rolling shutter issue. And I don't shoot much stuff where I'm using lots of flashes or, you know, any of the usual. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't, funnily enough, shoot too much with uh, firearms. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of call okay. for it in breakfast TV, breakfast cereal <laughs> commercials or, <laughs> the, or docos um, yeah. that I shoot anyway. So I mean, the F-55 is used on things like uh, episodic television. I mean, like Big Bang Theory, I think, is shot on the F-55. Is it? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... I, th- I they they are now yeah that's right they are starting to shoot on that I think uh, the, it's meant to be a larger color gamut it's meant to be because it is a different sensor uh, well yeah you go to the um, on the F fifty five yeah you're going to the what's it called the um, S gamut uh, two thousand or whatever it yeah is, it's or the two, yeah twenty twenty or whatever it is F sixty five kind of thing yes and you know I I have not anecdotally there's been a few people out there who have done side-by-side stuff and hasn't really picked the difference and you know like blindfold kind of tests with people who don't know the difference between the two camera files and have been shown which one do you think look better no one's ever really going to pick it uh so rolling shutter for some people that will be great for me it's not so much of an issue it would mainly be the resolution i think it's actually got a lower base rating on the iso actually i think it it's does actually yes it's i think the f5 is rated the base uh, iso is 2000 yeah and the 55 is 1,200. Or yes. 1,250, whatever it is. Yeah. Very little difference there. Uh, I think as soon as you go to... It's almost a, a stop, though. As soon as you go to S-Log3, it changes that to 2,000 or something anyway. Okay. So, um, yes, very little, very, very, very little difference. You could definitely use both of those cameras on set and match But them, you're giving absolutely. it the Jason viewfinder thumbs up? I, like, happy, right? I have the LCD viewfinder, actually. Uh, people... Ha- some, most, a lot of people have loved the OLED viewfinder. A lot of yep. people have disliked the OLED viewfinder. Um, some oh, really? people have issues with... You weren't tempted with the OLED? I was tempted with it, but I think for for one... You know that sort of... You know the Amira viewfinder, which has that whole flip-out thing? And yep. Yeah, it's a really suited to a bit more run-and-gun doco, slam it on the deck, flip it up, you know, turn it from an LCD to... A, which you can do with the LCD uh, um, viewfinder. You can just flip it open like the classic beta cam kind of thing. Yep. It's a bit more beta cam-y in the way it sort of works. Isn't it funny how much the beta cam is still our benchmark of mm. production workhorse? Yeah. Like a digi beta was, yeah. Sony digi beta was just the bomb. Yeah, in terms of, especially in terms of like ergonomics and simplicity yeah. and they, they got a lot of things right there and obviously have built on it ever since. But for me, yeah, I went with the LCD viewfinder. I, th- I found it a little bit, a bit brighter and better viewing in... Uh, outdoors and much more practical for that low angle grab it on the hip kind of shot which you can't do with the OLED viewfinder which is more of a classic viewfinder if you wanted to not if you wanted to have it off you know to view it without your eye to the viewfinder you need an external monitor okay so let's go to the other end oh sorry you asked me about cards oh yeah yeah. now there's a bit of a a trick with the cards um or not a trick but it's uh, and thanks to Mickey Jones who put me onto this and there's a fair few others I know now who are doing this uh, the S by S cards, which yep. come with it, are fantastic. Obviously, are, are, are a standard and are bulletproof and are built to amazing, 
you know, to be frozen and driven over and, and uh, put in ground zero and um, nuclear testing and put inside fridges and catapulted <laughs> across suburbs and still work. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they're not expensive, but there is an alternative. The Sony, there's a, a weird sort of uh, card format called the QXD, which is sort of halfway between an SD card and a compact flash card. And they are similar data rates. They they work for everything, all the S by S. They work in the F5, F55, work for all the frame rates and all the codecs at the moment until we see, until we start getting the ProRes upgrade later on in the year. For the moment, the QXD cards, as long as you get the S, there's an there's like a S and then there's an N. So if you get the S, which is the higher rated version, so if you get an S, XQD card. I've got three or four of the 64 gig cards, and they are $298. And then you just pop them, and Sony, either in their wisdom or their foolishness, make an QXD, XQD rather, to S by S adapter. So you put this card inside that, then you can use it just like a regular S by S card, and okay. same, and, and it's half the price. So instead of being uh, $600 or something for a 64 gig S by S card. It's 300 bucks for an XQD and the adapters are like 30 bucks and the XQD card readers are cheaper and smaller. So I think it's couple, two or 300 bucks maybe for a, uh, S by S card reader. And do you need to power that reader? And it's a bit bulkier if you're traveling, say, versus the XQD reader, which is like a tiny thing the size of a little SD card reader and is bus powered and is maybe costs 30 bucks. So, you know, it depends on, on you know, what you're using. If you've got DIT guys who are set up for S by S card and you want the big robustness of one card, great, go that way. Or you can go with a card within a card and it's slightly fiddlier, but it is definitely, you know, it's half the price. So hopefully when the... ProRes up, uh, upgrade comes and won't all be scuppered and suddenly that won't work, you know what I mean? But at the moment, that's a bit of a hack. So yeah. I was going to say, jump to the other end of the Sony spectrum, but yes. only in terms of, uh, you know, production uh, build intent, I guess, not not build quality. <laughs> um, the Sony uh, A7S. Questionable now build intent, I suppose you could say, because it's weird, because it's being marketed. I mean, it was launched at... NAB and it was on display there. Mm -hmm. It was one of the hits uh, yeah. you know, of the show, I think, for me anyway. Yet you can't, you know, you can't walk in. You have to go just go to a camera shop to buy this thing. It's an amateur camera, and a lot of again amateur, you know, or prosumer menu prosumer functionality functions exactly the same way as the all the other amateur uh, the a7 a7r exactly the same really with just an added codec and a couple little extra, extra functions so it's yeah. kind of it's kind of weird that this is being marketed upon high and you've got sort of pro shooters who have done demo stuff and who have lo helped launch it at nab uh, yet it's you know it's being sold through the consumer yeah, channels. But isn't, that, isn't that the model that uh, the 5D Mark II, three went so. down? Yeah, I mean this is a camera that's what base ISO is 3200. Uh, mm, isn't it? Base ISO is a little bit hard to tell what it actually is. What, what at the moment most people are shooting with in terms of the for for, for uh, the best dynamic range, most people are putting it into. 
I, want, I, I call it S-Log2 mode, but yep. nowhere in the menu is it mentioned as S-Log2. Nowhere in the manual, it, not in the camera, nothing says S-Log2. Well, but that essentially you seven. go, picture profile 7, yeah. okay? And I kept, as soon as I got the camera, I go, okay, where's this S-Log? How do I get to it? Uh, you go to picture profile 7, and that apparently is S-Log2, S-log two, yeah. uh, which automatically pegs the camera at 3200 ISO. So isn't that... And again, you can't go lower than that. Yeah. But it's it's. I think there's still. <laughs> and of I course, think, it doesn't have built-in NDs by the nature of being. It does SLR. not have, and there's yeah. the camera that definitely needs built-in NDs. Um, but what do you think? Uh, I like you know I I utterly love it. It's fantastic. I mean, it's 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 small, which is good. Again, a bit like the Epic, it's good and bad. It's tiny to try and. Are you running it with a Metabones EF to E mount adapter? I have that adapter. I also have the E to. EF uh, speed booster adapter, which I mean bought. EF I to bought e? EF or E to EF, depending on which way you want. Okay. It. Yeah, yeah. The the ending up for using EF lenses, yep. um, which is actually handy, and I'll touch on that why in a minute. Uh, and also using it with because I had the A7R beforehand, so I've got a couple of mounts and things. I've been using the uh, uh, Leica M mount rangefinder okay. mount um uh and yeah so both work great just depends on whether you want to use your legacy lenses or whether you want to start building up a little tiny run and gun kit of little micro lenses which uh obviously all the Leica lenses that you can fit on there or voigtlander or any of those little rangefinder or canon rangefinder lenses will all fit on there and cover full frame beautifully and are small and compact the metabones thing of course is brilliant uh well it's it's mostly brilliant but it is you know it adds adds a little tiny bit of bulk i say bulk in inverted commas it adds an inch and a half into onto your lens length which is something when you've got such a tiny camera makes a bit of a difference um it uh yeah i think it's sensational camera very sharp very clean there is a few sort of gotchas with it which is kind of weird and i tell what I pray tell what, when you go to 100 frames or 120 frames, oh, the biggest gotcha <laughs> is that despite Sony's uh, and publicly uh, proclamations that they are making a world camera, they are making a camera that regardless of where you buy it or it's going to do all yeah. of the frame rates, it's going to do, you know, it's not just going to do NTSC, PAL, whatever. If you buy this camera in the States... Well, the two stupid things. If you buy one, buy it in the states. Buy it from B and H. Yeah. Say, uh, it does not have a PAL mode. It will not shoot twenty five frames at this current firmware. Maybe they'll get the message and eventually they'll they'll in the next update maybe they'll change it. But it will not do hundred frames a second. It does twenty four and thirty and sixty and one twenty. Uh, so yeah, if you want to shoot, you want to take your camera and shoot it anywhere else in the world. Of course, you know when only 2% of Americans own a passport. It's hardly <laughs> likely. Sorry, that's a joke and a made-up statistic. Uh, I think it was 2% of American senators or congressmen had uh, passports. But anyway, oh, okay. Yeah, the rest of the population is actually quite cosmopolitan and quite... Sure. Uh, Some of them people. do actually roam beyond that yes, sort of blue-wet thing. Go on, go on. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a real gotcha. And actually, if you looked on... Maybe they've updated it since... Uh, but if you looked at the listing on B&H and on, I think, Sony USA's site, it did list 24, it did lo- list all the PAL frame rates. So that's a real shit pa- shit 
not a real shit situation for people who want to, you know, a lot of people have to return their camera or a lot of people who, um, yeah, bought the camera thinking, and rightly, that they were buying a world camera, didn't get one. So hopefully Sony will fix this issue and stop um, fucking around with this crazy... And the other thing, the same, it's the same thing with the F5, actually, and uh, it's this weird thing. Well, why would you, you buy you, the um, B&H? Why would you not... Because didn't you say the pricing in Australia was... The local pricing uh, was really good? I think it's sort of pretty it similar issue? now. I think, you know, now everything's kind of streeting. Street prices are kind of similar. Just depends, you know, there was the big rush of who was going to get it first, and I think some B&H customers maybe got them maybe before here. So there's that sort of... And um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's sort of... But I think by the time you add all the taxes and things to get it back here, it probably was about the same. Uh, but, you know, the, the problem is that there's a lot of professional people who are using this camera who might want to use it, you know, for, I don't know, go to shooting a power country and want to avoid flicker but the, the 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 apart from that gotcha which i'm hoping will be fixed the other stupid gotcha is that if you do have a camera like the camera i have here i think for asian uh, for asia pacific uh regions and i think uk will do ntsc and pal version pal pal modes but when you do it when you change it from NTSC to PAL, A, the whole camera has to, you know, have to press OK five times and the camera has to shut itself down and then restart. And when it restarts, it says, OK, I can't use this card. You need to either erase it or swap the card out. So if you want to shoot a bit of 25, bit of 24, you want to go to 30, you want to do 60, 120, whatever. If you want to have a mix of those frame rates, you need to carry, I mean, obviously you would anyway, but you need to swap cards all the time, which I think is just like bonkers for a start that's kind of weird and the fact that you have to do this whole you know turn it on and off again to yeah. uh, get these access to these different frame rates and it is the same with the F5 and F55 which is you know pro cameras if you want to go from tw- when if you want to do if you want to get 180 frames a second if I'm in 25 frames mode on the F5 and I'm, this is the same for the 55 you can't the top frame rate is 120 uh 150 sorry okay it's all trying to i think maybe it's trying to just keep me from making a mistake and shooting something with flicker in it maybe i don't know what (laughs) it is but if you want to go to 180 frames i have to completely turn the shut the whole camera down turn it on and turn it off again and you know and, and wait for it to boot up which is not not a lot of time but it just seems silly you know it makes you miss things like the epic where i can go uh, I can do what I, I want. can choose yeah. yeah 27 frames a second that, or that 90 it's, uh, I mean admittedly at 180 frames on an epic I would need to go start cropping the sensor so I don't miss that kind of thing but yeah it seems it's a, a bit of a weird so there is definitely with the F5 and 55 I know I'm jumping around here a bit sorry right. there's definitely some some menu stuff and a bit of the old kind of beta cam mentality that is hanging around with with the F5 and 55, which needs to to change. And I think the image size and the sensor size and ergonomically and everything, they've nailed it. But there is definitely, you know, I think that there's some some firmware steps to be done and hopefully uh, they will address some or or all of the the things that uh, people have an issue with this camera. Uh, Yeah, so A7S... It will also, when you go to 120 frames or 100 frames, and I saw this nowhere in any of the tests, I saw it's not documented, it's not 
anyone, no one any who tested or <laughs> talked about this camera ever mentioned it. But if you go to 120 frames a second, obviously you're going. It changes to 720p. That's fine. We knew that, but it crops it to APS-C. So it's a full frame camera, uh, but only for some of its frame rates. So I think that's a bit of a a bit now, of a pain in the ass, done, but that's why I was saying... you can actually pick the APS-C option on anything, right? You can you can swap the camera completely. And that's actually a bit... There's a bit of... As people are starting to test this camera out now, they're starting to find out some of the interesting things about this, this crop mode going to APS-C. People yeah. are f- starting to find, and I've yet to see a comparison where actually field of view is exactly matched. Like, a lot of people at the moment are doing tests where they have a 50 mil without the crop and then a 50 mil with the crop yeah. and are doing rolling shutter tests. Right. And people are finding at the moment that it might be slightly sharper in crop mode and might be have slightly less rolling shutter, which kind of makes sense because it's reading less of the sensor, I guess. It's coping... Okay, it's like it's a got, faster it's read. It's got less. Yeah, it's a faster read. It's, it's, it's a 1.5 crop. It's pretty much... It goes to APS-C. The design there is obviously to give you a bit of access to your legacy lenses, your older lenses that you might have had from another NEX camera. Do you think that's the reason or you just think that you might want to... I mean, I know people that have used it to basically just push a lens yeah, to a longer yeah, shot. Yeah, definitely. And I would use it for that. But no, I'm sure it being the first of the NEX cameras or the the whole A7 stuff and this, yeah. this mode is not new. It was with the A7 and A7R as well. When you... Because it was, you know, it, there's a lot of people... And Sony are doing catch-up as well. There's a lot of their lenses that fit the A-mount, the the, um, the E-mount that don't cover full frame. So they've got a lot of old glass that doesn't fit. And people who maybe have made the move from an NEX6 or something like that have got a lot of glass that won't fit. So it's definitely... And the camera detects that. And when you put a, a, a known APS field of view coverage lens on only it will it will automatically change it but you can yes by default you can change it you can in any mode you can go to APS-C I think and or uh, so it is worthwhile having the the Metabones a speed booster or any of those speed boosters that go that give you full frame on APS-C sensor because you can retain that full frame look if you need when you go to so you can still shoot 120 frames but get back that full frame field of view you know what i mean right because what you want is the shallow depth of field but you want to be yeah i want to have that full frame you know the 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 shallow depth on the wider wider field of view yeah yeah, it is is pretty confusing i think especially when we're talking about it because we yes but you know the whole idea of the full frame oh you're going there with the cropped sensor is yes. just something that is inherently sounds contradictory. You know what you're saying it. I mean, I know what you're saying, yes. but when somebody's talking about it, I mean, if you're a client in the room, so yes. we're cropping the sensors for when we're getting a full frame look. Uh, huh, what? Yeah. I what thought, do you mean full? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we, wouldn't we have less than a full frame if we crop? Yes. Or am I misunderstanding the word crop? Well, yes, of course. So that's what we're talking about. But technically speaking, you understand? Yeah. Not that you probably have those conversations with your client. Yeah, and you a lot of people say, oh, you want that full frame depth of field. But there is no, there's no depth of field, of course, doesn't change. Yes. The depth of field of a lens is exactly the same. It's yes. just how much of that lens view you see. And the difference in the look is that you are seeing a, and it's, and it's what, and it's what size lens you need to put on to give a given shot size. 
So, you know, to do a close-up from someone six feet away, you'd, say, be using a 50 mil on a Super 35 camera and you'd use a uh, an 85 on yeah. a full-frame camera. You'd need it. Right, need so it. let me ask you a couple of questions. If you were going out to buy a camera today, like let's say I said to you, um, all your gear's been nicked, and uh, but it's all right, the insurance covering it all. Um, I, I think uh, a A7S is going to clock in at about two and a half grand. Yes. I don't know what the current street price is on a Canon 5D Mark III, but like just literally More, if I said to I you, so. do you want a Canon um, uh, 5D Mark III or do you want, mm. um, which are you grabbing? Well, just, I mean, it depends on whether you're wanting your stills to video bias, really, if you want to. Um, yeah, it's about 3400 for the Mark III. Is it? Right. I'm, I'm going off B&H just as a benchmark. Because the A7S... $700 more. Right, because the A7S is... It's a, there's so many more pluses to shooting video with that, but there's obviously... it's I think... But it's, it's a mirrorless and camera. And 5D is a slightly higher resolution part of the part of this whole payoff for the the low light sensitivity which is amazing on the, the a7s that's the other thing we haven't mentioned of course it's our it's biggest draw card that i've shot stuff that's at forty thousand iso which is very acceptable noise as video or stills video okay that's um, that's, that's, that's uh, it's astounding yeah ridiculous. twenty thousand five thousand ten thousand you don't even really think about it it, um, yeah, it is twice the megapixels if you were doing stills. Yes, it but is. But you and I yeah. tend to do a mix Mostly of video. video. Yeah, there is no, there's no, I wouldn't even consider a 5D anymore. I've sold mine. It's, oh, you sold your 5D? Yeah, I sold it. Why didn't you tell me that you were selling your 5D? Dude, you, you already have one. I have two, but... <laughs> um, and you've still got a 5D Mark One or something. I kept, I kept it for artistic reasons. Right. A Mark One yeah, and a Mark I should two. have, but no, I just, I feel better buying the new thing if I've sold the old thing. So, so, so okay, would you use well, the... Well, it's got an electronic viewfinder. Yeah, right? would you, would you use L- the HDMI output? And if so, is it as cantankerous an issue as it was on the 5D Mark III? Well, yeah, it's any any external recorder thing is going to have a certain cantankerous No, no, I mean, you know, factor. like how horrendous it was on the 5D Mark... I'm, I was having a dig at you because you broke your <laughs> external HDMI... Um, plug and it cost you like a oh yes 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 oh well at least one thing in there one one clever thing Sony did in the kit in the box uh, and this is worldwide because there's been some things in the box for Australian cameras that you haven't got anywhere else but everywhere they've made a nice little HDMI port protector thing which yes. I think works see, well I'm feeding you this stuff so uh, that you can you. talk about it and thank you're just you. not I, getting I my what pa- you're doing passing there. it to you're you. a professional thank you set them up setting them up you're not yes. knocking them down it's, it is much uh, more safer to plug an extra because uh, you might want to plug in you know a remote control or any of those little any of those little teeny little plugs because we're not but talking about we're not even talking about on mini the... HDMI we're talking about micro HDMI now and uh yeah, so there's none of the, you know, there's no, there's no large connector here. So yeah, that's got a nice little, quite a nice little, reasonably solid clip-on, uh, port protector thing, which actually doesn't seem to get in the way of anything. It doesn't stop you putting it on a tripod. Um, you can still tilt the view LCD viewfinder up and down. And yeah, and and then, and it seems to be reasonably solid and does does the job intended of protecting the port. Uh, so far, without having to have any kind of third-party extra thing, which is good. Because I've got to say, the um, 
But the need for an external HDMI thing is less with this camera because you, I'm, I'm like a 5D. You want to shoot video with a 5D, apart from putting a little Z finder on the back. You don't need... You don't, it has an EVF. You don't necessarily... You can shoot with a lot less kit with this camera. Right, uh, off, because of it the makes it all the more stealthier. You don't automatically then have to start having a rig or having some monitor on top or some extra clunky stuff on there, which makes you look like you are shooting video if you're trying to be uh, undercover somewhat. Yeah, know? I guess for me though, I mean, I actually want to have a, um, you know, a monitor when I'm yes. shooting in the studio. We quite often have a second monitor. Yeah, absolutely. Off to one side, and yeah, we don't yeah. mind it because we're normally on legs or on a um, jib arm or something. We just want to have a yeah. And and of course, this camera does 4K clean HDMI yeah. output, and yeah. I think there's really that. only one. Well, there was the originally there's the Q the 4K the Keypro Quad or whatever it was was is the only thing at the moment that does 4K HDMI recording until September when the Atomos. Whatever it is comes out, <laughs> Ninja Star Blade, something your eye, something rather comes out. Um, um, yeah, I'll the, get you it in one the, second. The Atomos Another Monkey, yeah, comes out, uh, which will be about twelve <laughs> or thirteen hundred bucks, which is a, and a seven a seven inch LCD. Isn't it Ninja monitor. Blade? No, I got it wrong. No, no, it's the okay. Yeah. Hang on, I'll get it. Anyway. It's the... But that's September. Ninja Star? And that's affordable. No. Okay. It's the... Um, Ninja Star itself is quite impressive. That's ProRes 1080 in a little tiny $200 little screenless recorder thing, which is impressive. One other thing people have been finding with the A7S, interestingly, is that... Shotgun? Shogun? Shogun. Yep. Shogun, that's it. Yeah. Shotgun's okay. not very... It's very un-Japanese. Yeah. Shogun's... Camera mounted recorder, HDSDI, 4K, cinema. HDMI. So it's HDSDI. It's SDI as well. Okay. Yeah, HDSDI. that's a really good price point. And for, HDMI. And it's a, it's a reasonable price point just for a 7-inch monitor. Um, okay, so let me just rat hole here. Okay, so that's $2,000, the Shogun, right? Is it? I thought it was less. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought okay. it was $2,000. Okay. But um, I... I personally, just me personally, yes. have heard bad build quality things about the Atomos. Yes. Stuff. Would you, do you dispute that? Do you, have you heard better things? Have they improved that? Oh, they've definitely improved it. Yeah. Um, so would you consider buying? I hear less. Originally, there, there was definitely some, some crashing issues and stuff with earlier versions and things. And you'll find there's a few things on their, on their product list, which are the version two of things. Because you know, this thing's doing Apple ProRes. Um, the Shogun, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and it say? does ProRes. It does 4K, right? HD up to 120 frames a second. Uh, really? Raw, yeah, right, okay. It's got uh, Apple ProRes 4K, Cinema DNG Raw. What's the frame rate at 4K? I'm looking at that, and it's obviously part of the whole. It's 120 at one at your um, at 1080 at your 1080, which is impressive. Yes, I I'm I'm like. Okay, I'm so slightly hesitant with buying 4K, the first generation anything yeah, no. from Atomos. 4K is 3840 by 2160. Okay, so it's Ultra HD. At 24, 25, or 30. At, okay. At, uh, right. Off the HDMI um, connector. And then they've got a Apple ProRes 422 or an Avid DNX HD 422 10-bit recording formats. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I look. I didn't go to NAB this year. You did. Um, but I just have to say that. But, yeah. Uh, I would not personally just, I mean, I stand to be corrected. You guys write in and email us and Twitter us if you find different, but I wouldn't buy one gen of an Atmos kit until I'd had somebody kind of review it and use it yeah, for a bit. I think people certainly have been, there's been demo units out there. People have been certainly using it. Do I mean, I think a lot of that glitchy stuff sometimes comes when you have really had the numbers out there. You really have a lot of people who own these things out there who can find if you do this and if you shut it down with this plugged in and that, then it will shit its pants, you know. But I mean, a recorder not working is just fatal. Yeah. It's yeah. just nothing worse. But you can do dual record. Dual record, okay. So you can, obviously not 4K, but you have the backup of the ability to record in camera and externally. I so like the I principle like the, of the company. I just, I'm just yeah. a little nervous. Hey, um, yeah, look, I think it would be, yeah, so that is the only, that is obviously a plus 4K out of that thing, and it, the 4K looks stunning, and it can be recorded quite affordably. Um, so you could... But it is external. You could have this on mm. your little Sony mm. $2,500 camera, mm. Mm. and you'd address your F5 to F55 issue if you had one of these to the... <sighs> In addition to your F5, you'd have saved the money on the... Does the F5 do 4K externally? I think the F5 shoot does 4K, or I say Ultra HD, same deal as... Yeah. Uh, I think it might do Ultra HD through the HDMI port of the F5 and the F55. So I could actually record external 4K with the camera I have and have that 4K backup Couple of grand. thing. And hopefully, I presume, hopefully, uh, Atomos will get onto the 4K, get onto the record flag thing, and hopefully we'll take the record flag out of the HDMI. Because some some of these manufacturers don't take the record. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of issues with some... I mean, the stop start do, reto- they, they are... They'll do record flags yeah, from they say one camera, but the, not another. Yeah, they say they're doing the, um, the uh, stop-start trigger from Sony, Canon, and, and others. Okay, um, cool. That's but, what the, I don't. I don't know. I yeah. literally but does I don't the F five send the record yeah. flag as well? So there's the whole bunch of things. But that hey. yeah, that that is true. That is a that's not 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 a bad solution. But so, again, you have to break Wingo's paradigm by having an external know, thing yes. to. Hey, um, so uh, we've been does. talking at great length about high image quality, but I happen to know that for all this talk, you have young man of superb image quality, crystal clear, this and that, wonderful yeah. sharpness. Yeah. You've then been lens distorting your stuff with... Oh, 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 yeah, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I was going to leave this till the end, but I also want to talk about um, yet another 4K camera. But, we'll, but, but while we're here, that. let's talk about lens distortions. Yeah, I, lo- I, kind of, I, love the, I, I love natural in-camera stuff, but yeah. next best thing, particularly if you want to put it in at exactly the right spot that maybe you didn't shoot a nice flare... Uh, I've got a ton of these kinds of things, but uh, one of the a nice new one I've come across is uh, Lens Distortions, uh, LensDistortions.com, yep. and they do plugins for After Effects and Photoshop, and also just um, just clips you can just layer in yourself into Premiere, etc. Uh, and uh, they have the option of having 4K imagery, so really nice sort of glittery, glinty kind of 
flares and and um, artifacts and uh, refractions and stuff to you know as use as a transition or just literally just to spice up a slightly boring shot maybe used to actually have a and I do have at home a, what I call I guess a glimmer box which is a little box of stuff like prisms and mirrors mm-hmm. and bits and pieces that you would put in front of the lens yeah i think i brought them to set two or three times and on set i put them in front of the lens and i cut literally probably maybe half that time within 30 seconds someone comes from video village saying what's that thing in front of the lens i've done it with Get a, rid of it. I've done it with we a don't like it it's beautiful look it's just adding something if i take it away it's boring in that corner of the frame and it's it's lovely. It's some it's a nice mm. little bit of something. You can add that in post and everyone's gonna go, Oh, it's beautiful, it's lovely. But you put it in front of the camera on set and if they're not particularly pre warned or if they're not particularly sold on it. Left brain that's versus the same right issue with brain, the dog whatever, lenses, they're just right? gonna go, Oh, take it away. That's the same with the dog shit lenses. Yes. They almost wanna I try and get so. that by post engineering, like not converting yeah. your log files yes. so they're feel blown out yes and, um, or if you put it yeah if you've got a LUT or something yeah. or a really wound up contrasty monitor so people don't complain that's uh, yeah but uh, so lens distortions lens distortions dot com dot uh, com uh, and they're about 99 bucks in fact Mark Toyer used them because he's yes he's actually quoted on their um, website yeah on their website just yes, screening indeed. them on top of stuff to add some flair I, I like them a lot I've not oh, used them but yeah. uh, you have obviously yeah I think they it's beautiful good. nice little glints and it's subtle stuff but what I love about them they are actually shot optical they are optical optically captured like a lot of these things are starting to be now and um, and that really is part of the key of making them right so they don't look sit beautifully and it's kind of weird it's this weird thing actually sometimes when you've got a flare if you've got a little bit of camera movement and you've got a flare that, you know, starts at the top and moves left or, you know, I, I'm talking about a flare layer like yeah. a, uh, that, that flickers a little bit and then stops or is f- quite fast and then slows down. Weirdly, you've got a real, you think, oh, well, that's why well, I have a fast one because then if my camera's not moving very fast, it won't sit or if the light's moving slightly to the left but my camera's moving to the right, that's look weird. It's weird. It's funny how you can layer that stuff and you can shove it anywhere on your timeline and... And actually, it's weird how it it fits to your vision way more than you think it would. You know what I mean? The timing of the flare sometimes doesn't have to match the timing of the shot. You know what I mean? And often you can flip these things or invert them or whatever. If you really, if the if the lens, if the light direction isn't right, you can flip these things around. But it's funny how if it looks optical, you just buy it regardless of if the speed isn't doesn't quite match or you know if it's you're shot something f- slow-mo but the flare is running at normal speed you know what, you know what i mean i think yeah. if it looks optical it can sit in there quite easily and you've got a real wide l- lot of leeway oh, well, I love anyway i love them and um yeah i know it's faking but uh, at least you're starting with something that's optical i am gonna try these so you can try it. luckily thank you thank you to jonathan from um Lens Distortions, who picked up on a tweet, and I was saying, oh, this is really cool. And he's uh, given us, uh, not that the, the package is very expensive, you can buy it for about $99, and this is like 4K footage, and uh, regardless of whether it's the plugins for After Effects or whatever, or just just the footage itself, uh, he's given us a very generous uh, discount code of 30% off until the 19th, so apologize if you're looking if you're listening to this episode. Uh, 
in the past. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, up until the 19th of July 2014, the discount code of CINEMATIC, all in uppercase. If you enter that, hopefully you will get 30% off. So thank you. So down to whatever it is. You, you're the maths head. 16, 17. Effectively, it's a third off. Yeah. Right. Thank so you. So if something's Yeah, gonna... I know that bit. Thanks. But okay. I was trying to give an actual dollar figure to it. Anyway, uh, which is about 280 Australian. So that's very good. Thank you, Jonathan. And yeah, lens distortions. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, $69.30. Thank you. No problem. Um, um, okay, so mathematics person. Ah, I'm jumping back. Kinney Mini. Do you remember yeah, the, the yeah, Jap Chinese? Yeah. We were a bit. I was a bit. I was Absolutely. a bit cynical, and I was a bit too. The, okay. the, the China, Well, they first came out with the not because they were Kinney. Chinese. It just seemed to be like a weird kind of <laughs> like if they'd been in Boston, I'd have called them weird. I think yeah. in Boston, I'd have called them the digital bollocks, but that's another matter. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Kinefinity, and if yeah. you go to Kinefinity.com, people would be familiar or would hark back their memories to um, NAB's past and or podcast past where they came out with the the Kineraw S35, which I guess is kind of like the, the Chinese uh, Red One, I guess, um, 4K. Uh, but now, what I had to play with the uh, the other day, and thanks to Clinton Hahn, who's, I think, got the first one in the country here in Australia, or maybe even in the world, one of the first few Kinney, Kinney, Kinney Minis. Let me get the right... Kinney Raw Mini is what they call it. Uh, okay, sorry, no, it's called... They even... I think originally when it launched, it was called the Kinney Raw Mini, and I think they probably got a bit of feedback for it, and they sort of evolved it a bit. So now they got the Kinney Mini 4K, which is, um, I had a good play with it. Actually, I was like, really impressed with this thing. It's, you know, it's kind of like a weird, epic, kind of 5D-ish, red one kind of love child. It's kind of, it's it's okay. It's quite good. It's it's quite impressive. It has this little funky side handle, which looks like someone's sawed a a battery grip off of five D and shoved <laughs> it on the side of the thing. And so you got like a joy pad, and literally you can actually put batteries in this thing and power the camera. Apparently, the batteries the batteries you can put in the side handle and power the thing will apparently go for like ninety minutes or something crazy over an hour, which okay. you never if you remember the red the yep. red volts on the epic that was like 20 minutes if you were lucky uh so this thing shoots it's mainly shooting 1080 or 2k uh it shoots to um cine raw uh cineform yeah cineform raw okay or cinema dng uh and it has this sort of thing like i guess what we've got this ability with the e-mount on the Sony's or with the FZ mounts on the Sony F5s and F55s they have what is essentially what they call the kinney mount so they have a mount before the other mount, if that makes sense. No. Well, you know how like the Sony F5 has two lens locks. You've got the the and the Sony F3, etc. Yeah. It has a, a, a the Sony FZ mount, which is the main mount right close to the sensor, and then oh, yeah, 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 then yeah, it yeah. gives you PL, or yeah. then that gives you EF, etc. Like that. So this has a similar thing, except funnily enough, the the Kini mount is actually a PL. So it's a PL to PL adapter, or they have a PL. They actually have a powered. Um, they make a powered, smart um, 
EF mount or Nikon mount. Um, it shoots 4K. Let me get the correct specs. Let's see. Tech specs. Uh, it'll shoot. Uh, it shoots 2K up to, uh, I think, 100 frames a second. Uh, oh, it shoots not... Mm, yeah. These specs on this website are not right. <laughs> okay. Because I know, but in a good way. The thing will shoot, I think, 2K up to like 100 frames a second. And it will shoot 4K only up to maybe 30 frames a second. But uh, in a, a real small package. And the, the big thing, I mean, it, 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 you can buy, I think, at least landed here very, very approximately. Uh, and again, part, maybe part, part of the downside is that it's very hard to get the correct information and find out where to already order this from and you know how much is it really going to cost. But real world is you can get the thing here with maybe with like a, a Movcam rig and a powered EF mount and a, a side handle and, 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 and a PL mount for maybe six grand ish or something. It's pretty impressive and. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a really interesting option. I'm I'm definitely keen to get my hands on it a bit more and get a bit more uh, uh, footage out there. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's 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 an interesting. And it was you could turn it on. The menu was beautiful. It was easy. We didn't need to get any. There was no instructions, so we couldn't really. It <laughs> 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 literally had to just turn it on and just work out how you how you run it. Um, it's got Wi-Fi in it. It's had, again, it had the whole side handle thing, which you can power from within it for an hour. Uh, so you can shoot 2K up to 100 frames a second in Cine Raw. It runs off SSDs in the back. So that's the other thing. I think for the six grand or so figure, there's, you get a couple of 64 gig SSDs. The SSDs, their form factor themselves is proprietary, but once you pull them out, they just have the regular... Um, you know, the regular SSD sort of, you know, the regular hard drive mount, what do you call that, ID, IDE or whatever it is? Yep. Yeah, that regular, you know, you can literally put it in any kind of hard drive dock thing, okay. you know, and so you can eventually just do- download, you know, get your footage off there and it just plays, you know, it's just it's just making Cinero, so it's drag and drop into, drag and drop into Premiere or whatever and, yeah, play back from the camera beautifully. It's easy to cut two presses and you're playing back off the camera in slow-mo has like a sort of a log so you're thing. you're actually quite you're actually quite impressed i am quite impressed with this thing i may try i'm trying to get my hands on one wow <laughs> i i'm yeah it's it's quirky i i think it's i think it's really interesting i want i want a little bit more time to play with it but you know i mean the thing you'd want to check out is all the issues that go with everything else right like you know reliability yes, like absolutely cuz that's the thing right like it's all very yeah. well yeah, but. absolutely. How reliable is it going to be? Uh, it does do audio, but again, like the Epic, it's got little 3.5 mil jack on the side of things. Rolling shutter seem to be good. Um, yeah, it seems to be reasonably easy. All the information was there on the... You can you can record... You can control it. Wi-Fi, with a, they've got an app that seems, you know, comprehensible. It's... It was, I it's, I think well, it's I have to get it in here. We'll have to have I a think, play. I, was say, I like, think you need to you need to you need to get shooting. You need to put it on FX PhD and FX Guide and get a bit of uh, you know have a bit of a play. Okay. I need I need the Mr. Seymour's impression on it. But you know, open open not open source, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's 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 codecs that are openly out there. It's not proprietary stuff to do okay. kind of raw. 
raw 2K, 100 frames a second in your hand with media ready to go shoot five, six grand, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally just think that that's great. But, you know, there's a there's a baseline reliability, a yes. baseline Absolutely. confidence level I have with a piece yes. of Sony or Canon gear. Yes. And, uh, you know, even a bargain costs money. And yes. so while... Indeed. I mean, look, you know, I made wisecracks about the digital Bolex a second ago. They are actually now shipping. Um, but, you know, that doesn't... I mean, I want to know from a camera company that's smaller. And again, I want to be careful this because I don't want to sound like I'm having a go at it just because it's Chinese. But it's just a company I don't know. It doesn't matter how funky and cool it looks or yep. how amazing a deal it looks. I just want to know that it's going to yes. work and it's going to work really reliably. And well, it's gonna... I'll be able to tell you because literally while I was talking, I just ordered one. <laughs> you didn't. I did. You didn't. That's such a dick hair. Did you really? Yeah, we shall see. All right. We shall see. Anyway, I think well, it's, I think it's, when it's, really, it's one out, of those things where you go, wow, this is amazing. Will, and I'm hoping to be able to okay. get the full... Get, oh, no, actually, no, I'm not going to say I'm going to be hoping to be able to do with it. But when I get it, I'll... I'll anyway. We will I, test I, I have it. plans. It's interesting. It's quirky. Okay. It's good It's good to be on the quirky is leading good. edge. It is. As long as you don't have million-dollar clients breathing down your neck saying, why can't I shoot anything this morning? Up Annapurna 1... At dawn, after we've choppered us all in to shoot this yeah. spot, why won't the camera turn off, turn on? Yeah, yeah, because that only happens. That never happens with <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that never happens. That never happens with the epics or any of the other big. Oh, cameras. I see. Actually, oh. I must say, I've got to say that you know, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about Dragon. It is actually shipping. It's definitely shipping. My camera is being converted to Dragon this week. Um, I don't have an Epic anymore. Yes. And uh, people are getting delivered. I shot some TVCs uh, last week with uh, a production company in town's uh, own Dragon. So they are around. People are getting them, getting them shipping, getting... I, I, you talked about having... You got your shipping email. I got my shipping email a couple of weeks ago. Well, I got my shipping email after I the camera's in there so. being done. So it's only going to take eight or ten days okay. to turn around. I'm um, I'm enthusiastic that you are shooting with it. That's terrific. Yes. But I'm more interested right now uh, because um, I don't have anything to add to that conversation. And quite frankly, I until I actually get my hands on one, I can play with one. I don't feel any remorse. Um, I'm more interested. I do. Mi- I did. Am I going to say having used the F5 a lot? Which is good, and it, you know, it does have some. Menu, the same way? It does have some menu niggles, but you know, you, what to, to get into the menu? It has that you know the, the whole jog shuttle, you know, scroll enter, scroll yeah. enter thing. Man, going back to touchscreen on the on the Epic, ah, oh, it's that is superior. So you know, just I want to change ISO, just go touch, mm. scroll, yeah. touch, done. It's you know. Yeah, the Epic isn't a bad camera. It's, it's, it's just impre- it's very quick. That, I, I that just got really set, fed up with being told one thing, and then three yes. years later, nothing. Yeah, and I actually I was wondering. Uh, obviously, it, it's hard for them. And then uh, they're now just catching up and getting getting dragons out the door. But what is? What's the next step? You know, maybe. Well, that'd be the. All the other cameras they predicted. Five <laughs> yes, years ago. yes, yes, yes. Well, what's the real world? I don't next care. Step, I there's no, but there's no point, Jason. There is just no point whatsoever uh-huh. sitting here discussing what red claim may be coming <laughs> okay. next. 
All right. It is more than a waste of time. But it would be okay. It's insulting to our listeners. Well, I'm sure that there time. is a next step, and maybe sure, but when it's they released, are, they are, they are, when it's released, yes. I'm happy to talk about it. And maybe they are waiting until they can actually deliver before they say that what they great. are going to deliver. And I applaud them for okay. doing that. So I would yeah, happily give them more money if they okay. release something good. I don't. I don't have any political problems with them. But it's getting you know every every week we are seeing. I just don't want to devote any time to speculating on what they yeah. might do, no, given that it's just that. a waste of space. It's, like, I'm more it's like talking for a year and a half about what the iWatch is going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's just not worth doing. Right? <laughs> when it's not actually, Apple hasn't even essentially said they're actually even doing it. So yeah. I, this is what a photo of the iWatch I might look like, according to someone who has no idea. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's hey, talk about, let's talk about what exists. More concrete which is i've just been traveling a lot i'm about to go back to america um because i'm going to sid graph and i'm going to be going to obviously vancouver for that because it's where it is this year but i'm going back to america en route i'm going to be carrying stuff so i'm interested um in this thing that you flagged for me which is this um uh amazing case builder oh. rather case liner builder yeah because this is exactly the kind of thing that is real that actually makes a difference to me day to day right now. I do wish there was an Australian version of this. Oh, Having yeah. just, I just bought, I just made, because I've got the, I just got a f- custom foam case done for my four uh, Canon Cine Primes. Yep. Because, you know, I want to not just have them for me, I want to be able to, yep. and I wasn't going to do, you know, obviously wasn't going to do pick and pluck, and I wasn't going to do... Um, as much as I love Trek Pack, I wasn't going to do it for these lenses. I wanted to have them properly, you know, fitted, foamed properly, and a, a case so that then I could actually which is what you do rent with a lens case, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that doing that as a one-off is when these things are expensive. Like the price of doing that, getting the custom foam done is done beautifully. By the way, done by um, Ad Foam, uh, did it, and it's beautifully done. Uh, but to do the one-off was $300. You know, it's expensive. Right. But obviously now that they've done a case for three, <laughs> for four cinema, Canon cinema lenses, the next guy's cheaper. The next person, I think they will do them for something like $80 or 50 okay. or something dollars. So, so if you so do have four Canon case? Cine Primes, you'd like to have a custom foam so let's go to speak to Ad Foam. <laughs> What's the deal with the... In Sydney. With this um Okay, so yes, mycasebuilder.com. Yeah. Wow. This is wild. This is great. And uh, so you can essentially, I guess it's a bit sort of DIY. And then you basically, it, it gives you the the to design a f- custom, f- rather than send you, a lot of the time you have to send your gear off or give them exactly precise measurements or do a sketch and send it off to people. And then eventually in a week or so, they'll come back to you with a quote and then they'll do it. And then, yep. you know, it may or may not be right. So this lets you start, build essentially, build and design a case layout uh, online, um, on the web, using, you can start using a template for an existing case. Like you can choose for your case by brand. You can go to SKB cases or Nanook, which I really like, or Storm, which I love, or Pelican, which is made by Pelican. And uh, so say you want to go for a Pelican... 1510, then yeah. you can start using a lot of templates, pre-existing templates, like you can start putting some existing lenses, like a 70-200 and a 5D Mark III, and do you want it flat? Do you want it standing up profile? Do you want it on, sitting on its left side, its right side? 
do you want the you know like a 50 mil f1.2 do you want it pointing up or do you want it you know you can you can they've got um uh, i guess templates to lay this stuff out on a lot of existing stuff and then if you don't of course you can enter in your own custom uh custom size things and then you can put little finger lifts in there put you know put your little uh, little grab holes to be able to obviously if something's sitting so neatly and snugly in a hole you need to be able to get your fingers in there to be able to lift it out so you can position the finger lifts you can rotate it. then you go mm, gee I'm filled up this 1510 case maybe I need to go to a 1550 you can then completely change the case without having to start again and you can choose uh, your different kinds of foam uh, and obviously yeah or even if you have your own custom size case you don't have to start with a, a um, uh, start with a uh, a known like case a size, issue, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you can actually then say, "Please make me one." So, what did we say it was? I think it was. Um, well, you can get like, like a like say a fifteen ten, uh, yeah, uh, which is the, the classic. Yeah. You know, the case that the Epic came in, and yeah. which is like the roller, the the overhead bin size Pelican to just do the custom foam and it didn't matter whether you got 10 cameras fitted in there or 14 lenses or just you just want it to hold a prototype you know a, pr- a prototype product you've made literally something six inches you know one 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 particular cutout it's pretty much the same so it's 115 bucks 116 dollars just to do the foam for 1510 or you can buy the foam you can have the whole case and everything sh- with the foam for 300 300 bucks now of course living down the bottom of the world here as postage is going to be a little bit more but um yeah you can get, i'm sure uh, i don't think it's that much uh to ship uh within, well foam is like the US. best thing to ship right foam is expensive stuff no but that's what you want to ship though yeah just because to ship the foam and buy your case local but it depends on how much your pelican cases cost in your part of the world but uh, basically just the ability to, to just brilliant just go and have a play even if you're not going to order anything, it's just very impressive. It's an impressive way to to, to do this. To, and there's even like a little quick start video showing you um, how it all works. So it's really clever. Mycasebuilder.com. I wish I had a little discount code or something to offer, but uh, I don't. But I just think that it's really, really very cool. Um, and I guess every time someone adds... You know, I'm sure they're trying to. If, so, <laughs> if someone adds the dimensions for something, hopefully, maybe they'll add that to. They're adding. I guess would be adding to, to the library of um, the library of objects you can use all the time. I'm sure as people add add to, as people start making cases and, and add to them. But impressive, impressive, impressive. Because you know, Trackpack is brilliant. T r e k p a k dot com. Use the discount code Wingrove for ten percent off a track pack. <laughs> I think that still works. Uh, is great for customizable, you know, suit, you know, rearrange things to suit your job for this sh- this week or your shoot for this month. Um, but for stuff that you know is never going to change and stuff that you know want to be really beautifully snugly held, genius. Yes. As we're speaking, I'm playing with putting my 5D Mark III on a... This is a little widget thing that's letting me do... Um, yeah. Uh, into my old uh, Epic case. Yeah, you can rotate it, then you can put yeah, it... If you want cool. to put it on its side, that's very clever. But really, what's really important... It takes a lot of coding to make that all happen just on the web, you know. You don't have to download an app, but just to make it happen... Well, what I like is that, uh, you know, it has things like my Canon Recharger battery pack... Right, the, yeah. the dumb stuff that I actually do want in the stupid bag, so I don't have to put it in my yes. carry-on. 
Yeah. Mm. Do you want to charge and do you want the charge upright? Do you want to stack it? And then I think you can do things on top of other things with dividers or whatever. And yeah. yeah. But what about lenses? Like I've, I can see there's a 16 to 35 in here. Yeah, but I think there's all the, the classic still stuff. Okay. I don't think there's, you know, fair enough. There's not, a, there's not um, pre-made. So there's actually pre-made designs. Are there? For an entire camera case, like if you use a camera case. So there's... Oh, okay. I just looked up camera lenses. Oh, there's a GoPro Hero one. Yeah, I just looked up cases. camera lenses and there's like everything like, from the yeah. Canon 51.4 to the Canon, uh, you know, 70 to 200 or the just about anything you'd ever want. So if you already have it, like, you know, the existing GoPro case, there's one that does, you know, that has the handlebar seat post mount with the vertical surface mount and batteries and the Wi-Fi remote and all that sort of stuff and all done, pre-ready to go. You don't have to do anything to say, yes, give that to me in, in, in a... Uh, in a case or yeah so or you can just have the foam if you have the existing case so it's, it's yeah I love this place yes very nice and that's pretty I think the price is you know it's quite well priced I think yeah what did you say it was going to be oh so it's 300 or so in a, let's say for a fifteen ten, three 300 bucks with the case with the foam all well, done the foam and I think there's like also 100. a thing uh, I, I, there's some sort of oh shit I screwed it up uh, can you do me another case please right. uh, custom protector because a failsafe design protection if after you receive your order you discover a design mistake that made things fit incorrectly failsafe so I think you can pay for a little sort of security blanket thing will allow you to recreate an entire more fo- another foam thing one more time absolutely free including return shipping maybe not if you're in Tanganyiki or something but uh, yeah I think you, you add that as a separate little extra thing I think but I'm yes in, I think I'm in there is a there is a little bit of a a bit of a get out of jail free card if you screwed it up yeah yeah which is good because I'm sure you know it's like ordering it's like ordering ordering pants online <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know you ever notice that when you buy shirts you can buy a shirt it's marked as large and it's like really small on you or you can buy it extra large and it's just like a tent. Yeah, and, that's and, marketing, right? And you just no but but I mean no but I mean not that. I meant like you can buy okay, you can buy large and one day it's like sort of like you should be in a medium and another day you should be in an XXL. This is like pre or post cake. No, I mean like literally <laughs> there's so much the variation in the brands. sizes. Well, not in One, a large doesn't mean large. Oh, exactly. I, I think definitely people, there's definitely people do that for a while. I mean, I certainly there's a few companies that kind of got sort of called out for it for doing it, like particularly here, like Country Road, I think, was notorious for making things. Which way around? Well, making... Th- making you feel bad or making you making feel good? Making you feel good. Because oh, then really? obviously, why make you feel bad? That's a stupid market. No, honestly, there's a, there's a bunch of these... Make you feel these, good. No, there's a bunch of brands like... Um, Ah, I'm going to say Ben Sherman or something like that. that like, ben Sherman, yes. You have just, to be a specific be, body to be a Ben Sherman. You have to be, be a, a little uh, runty kind of thin but, guy. Yeah, you have to, to be. To fit anything in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can it wear their shirts. depends on the month. Some like months a, I'm a Ben Sherman person. I can buy a size. No, I mean, I'll fit into their thing. I just have to buy a completely different yeah. size than what I normally would. Yes, but there's definitely the marketing uh, idea of uh, making a medium and calling it a small or so, or calling a 34 a 30 two or something 
So you go, ooh, I'm fitting to 32. I love these pants. It's a fantastic. I'm going to buy five of them. Yeah. <laughs> when really you're still buying a 34, but they're... Or are you buying a small? I like how you're talking about 34s. I got enthusiastic because I was in 36s the other day. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, there's... But no, know, that's fine. I, I'm a fat ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I so... That's marketing. That's marketing. All right. So what else do I... I don't think I have anything else. And we're out of time, practically. Okay. Though I must admit, I have an eye at the moment on a new leather camera bag. Yeah? Yeah. Because I want a bag that um, I can fit my... Uh, what do you call it? My... Um, iPad in, a camera and a couple of lenses that isn't a backpack, having just gone around London. I just want to have like, you know, yeah. just enough for some batteries and some stuff that yeah. doesn't make me feel like a complete dork. I've had a backpack that I've been wearing, which is great. It's just that, you know, after a while you do feel like a bit of a... Yes. Yeah. You feel like every store you go into, they're thinking that you're... Yeah. Yeah. You're a, yeah. You're a There's a brand called Owner Bags, uh, O-N-A Bags oh, yeah. dot com, and they have a leather... Uh, bag called the Brixton, but it's really expensive. Well, it's $429, I don't know if that's but it's leather, Italian leather, tanned, mm. you know, pre-aged, yummy leather. That's what I had my eye on. But anyway, if you guys are listening nice. and you have a particularly good uh, brand of uh, camera bag slash satchel thing that won't make you feel like a complete dork while walking around. I'm a bit of a crumpler person. Are you? Yeah, they've sort of had good and bad days. I just bought a crumpler bit. kind of duffel bag for going on the boat, but yeah. you would... You would use that as a camera bag? Because I've actually literally... Because I, I had to relook at bags a little bit because I've... I went to this thing that... He's uh, waving around a piece of paper uh, that has an Apple logo My on MacBook, it. 11-inch MacBook Air, which I just... I, I can't wait. And as soon as... this, I'm going to dump this like a hot potato as soon as they do the retina version of this because I think it's only downs... Well, I mean, you can't really sort of go rendering 8K footage out of the thing. It's not... You know, but when you get this thing, you realize how little time you actually might do that kind of thing. Uh, I've, I've edited stuff on here. It's, you know, it's kind of got a slow little bit, but I just love the weight and the size and the battery life, and it's brilliant. I, I, I'm sure Retina, when it comes, will help, will kill the battery a little bit. But man, I, I think it's just fucking sensational. I hardly, I've got my 15 inch. Same as I've got exactly a 15 inch. Yeah. I have the same 15 inch MacBook Pro as you do. I picked With up the, the other day. I went. Oh my god, this is like a monster. How did I ever lug the seventeen inch inch around, yeah, let alone inch, the fifteen yeah. inch? I went, Oh What's my that? god, this is like this what, is like a you jumbotron. You've got an it looks like the about the size of a large iPad. It's eleven inch. Eleven inch. Yeah. Is that big enough? I look for for the ninety percent of the time of just you know, just I, I would do my iPad for that. Blogging and 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 is it the emailing and, and not twittering an and surfing and stuff. I guess and doing can, a podcast. Has it got a micro um, SD? I mean, has it got an SD card reader slot in it? No. Oh well, then it sucks. No, but the, the one above it does the 13 inch or whatever. Okay, because I got to tell you, it. the thing that I just love is being able to pop yes, the camera card. I do miss that. So I've got a little. I hate those external readers. I have a little yeah, USB three external reader, which no. is that, that, is, that is probably the only downfall I think of this thing. It doesn't. No. It doesn't have the HDMI out, but, you know, you, everything goes through lightning. And why didn't, if they're going to take the SD card thing away, why didn't they make a fucking lu- Thunderbolt to SD card? Why do I have to go to a third-party thing? You know, they make a, a, a Thunderbolt to Ethernet, they make a Thunderbolt to Firewire, they make a, I don't know, Thunderbolt to a few other things, but not 
to why don't I make an SD card Thunderbolt thing? So that that is one one that is probably apart from the Retina screen, you know, the screen's not as good. So how big a hard drive have you got in that? Uh, I don't know. I've gone smallish because that's just what you do. Maybe the two fifty or 56. something. So what what do you not got on there? Like do you not have your? So do you would you load photos on there from a shoot? Still, uh, yeah, I would. Sync I'll use it probably as a. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or as a, no, but I mean, I would never put. I might, to a certain degree, put like a temp thing. I'd, yeah, as a temporary thing, and put stuff on on the on the desktop just as a backup to the ordin- already two or three other hard drives. I would put stuff onto anyway if I was on a shoot. About this Mac, more info. Are you I have? Are you more likely to? So you, you bought that. You didn't buy a Mac. Pro, like a garbage can, or you did? I'm still haven't done that bit yet. I've still got my late 2000 or mid 2009 Mac Pro, but I definitely soonish will either do six core iMac or GPU, the top absolutely maxed out iMac, or a um, that top maxed Mac out Pro iMac is pretty impressive, or a mid range Mac Pro. Not sure yet. I know there's a lot of people having issues at the moment with the um the the maxed out. No, for for the work we do, a maxed out iMac is actually a bit of a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly when I'm slowly moving away from uh, cameras. We're talking that, a 27 inch. We're talking a 27 inch, 3.4 gigahertz. Um, okay, so now it's an i5, and I want it to be an i7. But no, but yeah, you can make it the i7 for th- yeah. the 27 inch i i7. Yeah. With the higher, you know, you have to tell it to do the i7, then you have to yeah. go for the higher spec graphics card. Um, yeah, you want the NVIDIA. But I know that, and I think, and the hybrid drive apparently is really good, but the SSD is really good as well. The hybrid drive apparently is, 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 is really good, and three terabytes max. But I know that, I, I, I know if I got the Mac Pro, I wouldn't be going, gee, I wish I got the iMac. But I know if I got the iMac, I know I'd be going, gee, I wish I'd bought the Mac Pro. I mean, the price difference is insane. There's, you know, thousands of difference more for There's a like Mac 3, Pro, 000, and you don't get a display attached to it. Yeah, like $3,800 on Australian dollars right now yeah. is giving you a, you know, an like okay, not quite right. You but absolutely max out that iMac, you'll get up to maybe four-ish. Okay, so four, four grand, and a half you've got a three-terabyte fusion drive. Yep. 32 gigs worth or of RAM. Or if you went to the one terabyte SSD mm, right. and went to the higher-end graphics card. I've done that, yep. And I'm maxed out the 4, RAM, whatever it is, 32 gig RAM. Yep. Even if you're going Apple RAM, you know you could probably yep. save a few hundred bucks there. And, yeah, 27-inch and go to the i7 top yeah, line, the i7 processor. 4,800 RAM. 4.8, okay, right. But Now, the Mac Pro. Mac Pro, you're going to be... That's with t- a screen, of course, as you pointed out. No screen. Of course, you need to fork out for a screen. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, you you're going to be up to getting six-ish something rather for something decent for the mid-range yeah. graphics cards. But the speed will be there. Will definitely be a speed upgrade, uh, up, uh, a step up from there for sure. Even if you go mid-range Mac Pro versus yeah, high-end iMac, there is something about the SSD. I mean, not the SSD, but just the SSD. But also, yeah, something about the SSD on the Mac Pro and the you know. Plenty of tech has this thing, and you're going to go be able to correct me. But there's there's something very different about the way the SSD is bonded into the architecture of the Mac Pro versus the SSDs 
inside an iMac. Okay, but but, but I would it is say faster beyond like to like yeah. But I'm not so much worried about access to the drive as, as much as I am the fact that for the work we do, you are you are committed to an AMD option on the graphics card. Yes, at you this point. You've only got are. an AMD option. Yes, but so, you can change everything in there is swappable, but it is proprietary. Huh? You can't swap the graphics card. Yes, you can. To what? An NVIDIA? No, no, no. But to a, if you bought the G500s, you can change it to the G700s later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm the, saying that so you, you can can't change, have you an can NVIDIA upgrade card. that. If you bought the SSDs, you can change to a higher end SSD. If you bought, you can change the RAM. You can, everything can be swapped out. It okay. just can't be swapped out with, you know, another brand. Okay. Well, I just clicked up a bunch of buttons on here and got up to twelve thousand pretty bloody quickly. Yeah. On that one Mac. Yeah. And yeah. and the trouble is that. that a significant proportion of my time. I'd probably be happy with the 13-inch Air. So I'd need all that power, not for all the time. Do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I'm not a full-time editor. Yeah. I think, yeah, 13-inch Air and then, yeah, something. And then maybe the top-of-the-line iMac. I know a lot of people who have top-of-the-line iMacs and work in 4K and work in post-production and are cutting all the time and are very, very happy. Not just in... Not just in they're offline posts, but are doing online posts as well. Yeah. But they aren't necessarily... Uh, it depends a lot of the time whether you're dealing with, say, F55, like XAVC footage or, you know, uh, versus chugging through tons of okay of, of raw 4, 5K or 6K footage. Yeah. You, you, you would know. need to be full-time... Tapping into that power yeah. to be wanting to justify twelve k. I, I just, I know, I'm just one of those persons that I twelve thousand dollars. Oh no, I would never ever go up to that end of the time. That's crazy. But I just, I'm just the kind of person I know that I would just, just mentally kick myself in the ass every now and Yet, again. Yeah, we've been doing the but podcast. If I didn't get a six thousand dollar camera, didn't get that that the slightly better thing. I know okay. that is really, really fucking first world problem or first world brain space. You know. But I know that even if I got the mid-range Mac Pro, I could never say, damn, I wish I'd got that iMac. <laughs> yeah? Um, but it would be the reverse if I did the other way around, I think. Okay. Maybe. De- either way, either one of Jace, those steps gonna is going to be a step you. up from a 2009 you. Mac Pro. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you at this point to just say that, unfortunately, Jason does need to leave the building. I do. Because he has a prior appointment that I he do. said he thank absolutely you. wouldn't let me run over. No, thank you for so reminding me. So, as I much as I'd like away. to say chatting with you, and trust me, I really would. And even Rathold. Um, I, uh, yeah. Yep. I must uh, beg your indulgence, dear listener, and say that is it for this week here. Or thank this you. Month, our RC uh, podcast. Uh, again, my apologies for being away in June working, but all, there you go. It's all your fault. It's That's all my right. fault. Not it Jason's. Was definitely um, only Mike. Uh, we're going to run some tests on the uh, Chinese camera. We're going to uh, run <laughs> tests on the F5 and uh, some of the other stuff. And we'll get back to you in the next uh, uh, podcast of the RC. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Mike Seymour. And my good friend here is... Wingrove. At, at Wingrove. At Twitter. <laughs> at Wingrove. Or Wingrove.tv is my website. Right. Yeah. Thanks so much, for guys, for being with us. Uh, we really appreciate the tweets and the emails and stuff. We know you guys want us to do more podcasts, and uh, we will try and uh, satisfy your... We do appreciate it, honestly. I do, and if you've sent emails, I do get them, 
I may not have replied, but I've got them and they're in the back catalogue and I will... Some people will show suggestions and things like that. I do don't... Just because I haven't replied necessarily very... Just, just know that I'm rude, but I have read them and if we can work them in, we will. And while we do try and get you guys discounts on stuff, we are not paid to uh, spruik or no. promote any yeah. products that if we you discuss would like on to the pay show. Us to spruik, <laughs> we're not. So, yeah, we do. Uh, if we really like something, we often ask people to give us a discount code so you guys can um, can uh, benefit from them. Okay, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we're out of time, Josh. You really need to go. Mate. I do. Thank you. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.